0: So Marilee and I get to the hotel at Lake Point a little bit before 5, and like 5.15, 5.20. We end up coming in to Willa, and I thought, I'm not going to get there in time for church. I thought... This has to be like, I thought I left California. I'm in bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic, and it's 107 degrees. It's it's hotter here than it is in the desert where we live in California. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, uh, Chris, when uh, Marilee and I decided coming, Lydia got a new job, so they were all supposed to come on vacation next week up to Idaho, but that didn't work out, so we decided to come here. But uh, with that, when Chris asked me to teach, uh, I said, well, what do you want me to teach on? He said, you can teach anything you want. And I knew that you guys were in the book of Daniel. You'd been studying prophecy. And so instantly the Lord laid on my heart to go through the scriptures showing how God has not changed. Uh, We as Calvary Chapel believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. But it isn't something that just comes out of First Thessalonians chapter 4. From the foundation of the world, God had a plan for salvation. we got to remember, it wasn't that God put Adam and Eve in the garden and then they messed up and He goes, "Oi ve, what are we going to do now? From the foundation of the world, Christ died. There was a plan for salvation all the way through. So we see, in even at the fall, there is the first promise that the Messiah is going to come. There There is the blood sacrifice that ends up taking place in order to clothe Adam and Eve. By the time we get to Genesis chapter 5, we have a, the very first picture of the rapture in the church. And it is Enoch. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles with me, it says in uh, verse twenty-one, Enoch lived sixty-five years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. I've always said there's nothing like having a child to bring you to the Lord. It's like, oh God, help me! I I need help here with this child. I'll never forget years ago when, uh, you know, we were deciding if something happened to us, who was going to raise our our kids. I had called my brother and his wife and I said, hey, I have a a perfect plan for you to pray for me every day. And he goes, oh, yeah, what's that? And I said, we're putting you down to raise our kids if something happens to us. And he goes, oh, God. I said, see, it's working already, you know. So uh, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And my friends, this is the very first picture that we have of a rapture in the Bible. Now, what's interesting, it comes in the same context as Noah, doesn't it? Because here's the reality, and we see it throughout the Scriptures, God's special people. He has a chosen people. It is the nation of Israel. And that, my friends, explains why through all of history, the Jews... Unlike any other people, there have been plans to exterminate every single one. There there is no plausible explanation for that outside of anti-Semitism is a demonic-based hatred. Satan wanting to eradicate the children of Israel because God has a plan. And so regardless of what has happened through them through their history they have been there Noah is a picture of the Jews that will be carried through the great tribulation and and as they're carried through that it is this beautiful amazing picture now Jesus tells us that that the world again is going to be as it was in the days of Noah and, and my friends it's it's breathtaking change. I I can guarantee you, the America that we live in today, if you would have told me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's definitely not the America that I grew up with in any way, shape, or form. And as you watch everything that's happening, and, and Isaiah would prophesy of it, what is wrong is considered right. What is right is considered wrong. You know, we're from California. Uh, God has a great sense of humor every once in a while. So uh, California is recalling its its governor. Governor Newsom is being recalled. But let me tell you how wonderful it is for our church. And that is the state of California called us to be a polling place to recall Governor Newsom. And I said, woohoo! Yeah, that's awesome. We get to be a bowling place. And my friends, it's just amazing as we watch what is happening in the world. Violence increasing, sexual immorality at a a scale that is beyond belief. The things that are happening, the the absolute evil and darkness. But I want to tell you, God has a plan. And he has a plan and a calling for every single one of us. Now, as we go on in the book of Genesis, we come to the where the Lord visits Abraham to tell him what he's going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. And again, my friends, there are several things the world today freaks out over. One is the worldwide deluge, the absolute Proof, even the fossil record that there is of the flood. And I don't care what mountaintop you go to, the tallest mountain peaks in the world, they all have seashells. Tell me how they got there on top of these mountain peaks. And so the reason why the world freaks out, because it is the judgment of God that came on a God-resistant world where where. Every imagination of people's hearts became evil. Well, God gave another picture, and that was the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in that, the Lord visits Abraham, and the Scripture says this, Then the Lord said, in Genesis eighteen seventeen, Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation." And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I've known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has spoken to him. And again, there has been a promise that God gave in Genesis chapter 12. I will bless those who bless Israel. I will curse those who curse Israel. And again, when we want to stand on the right side, we stand on the side of Israel. And I've been to Israel 30 times. You know, the world now is full of lies over how the Palestinians are treated, for one thing. It's simply not true. And I've been there... All the way through, I know many Palestinians who are Israeli citizens. They get a vote, and I can tell you that Christian Palestinians. When I first started going to Israel, Bethlehem was a completely Christian city, ninety percent Christian. But the Muslim Palestinians have so persecuted the Christians there, and they they'd give anything to have Israel again in control. But the point is this, the world twists and lies because Satan is the father of lies. And as that happens, he poisons the minds of people to where now it's being taught even in our public schools, these things. God's going to tell Abraham what he's going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says this, and the Lord said in verse 20, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous. I will go down and now and see whether they've done all together according to the outcry against it. That is, come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there, but went towards Sodom, and Abraham stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, this is a very important question. Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were fifty righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall you not the judge of the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare them for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I am but dust and ashes and have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less. And you've got to realize Abraham's a good Jew here at this point. He's going to start negotiating with the Lord. So we're going to go from 50 to 45. Then we're going to go down to 40, 30, 20. Finally, he gets to 10. And Lot, or Abraham in his mind, is counting Lot's family, you know, on his fingers here. And there's more than 10. What he doesn't realize is that most of his family is not in any way, shape, or form walking with the Lord at all. But the point of the matter is this. Would the Lord... Destroy the righteous with the wicked. And the answer of the Lord is, no, I will not do that. Now, let's turn over to the New Testament. The Gospel of Matthew in chapter 24. This is the great Olivet Discourse where Jesus is giving an overview of the end of the age. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginnings of sorrows. Now that term beginning of sorrows is birth pangs. Now, for every lady that's ever had a baby... You know, birth pangs, when they start, you're not sure whether you're having a baby or not. And I'm sure there's some ladies here even went to the hospital with false labor only to be sent home. But when the real thing is happening, there's no question as to what's taking place here. So what does that tell us? As we go on, we're going to see the rise, spikes in things. All right. Then it's going to settle back down. Then there'll be another spike. And as we go on, the intensity and the frequency will get greater and greater. Now, the scripture goes on. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations. And then the end will come. We're told in the book of Colossians that in the time of the apostles, the gospel, the gospel had gone around the world. We're going to read in the book of Revelation where there's angels flying through heaven preaching the everlasting gospel. Jesus has given to us, and we're going to see it as we get into the book of Revelation here tonight. We are called to be the church of Philadelphia. And the church of Philadelphia is the mission-minded church. It is the church that's preaching the word of God, the church that's not denying his name. All right. And so we have been given a call of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel, which we're excited to be a part of. I know you guys are a part of Malawi, Uh, you know, when when. Marilee and I were getting married. If there's anyone in here that doesn't know the story, I was married for 31 years. My wife ended up getting a very rare cancer. I had a pastor friend up in Idaho that we'd see each other once a year. And a long story short, he ended up getting the exact same cancer as my wife got going home the same year. And uh, a year later, I married his his wife, Marilee, and we've been married 13 years. But as as we were finalizing getting married, Marilee looked at me and she said, You know, you're going to be doubly blessed. I go, Well, yeah, I know that. But why? And she said, Because James said, Pure and undefiled religion is taking care of widows and orphans. And I'm a widow with an orphanage. So she had helped start the uh, orphanage that we have there that you guys help support too in Macaulay's home. But as we go through, in Matthew chapter 24, it goes on, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So Chris is going to be getting to Daniel chapter 9. It is the very backbone of biblical prophecy, it, it encompasses all the way from the Babylonian captivity to the return of jesus and as we look at that, there is coming a time where this coming world leader on the on the scene is going to make a peace plan with the nation of israel now what 's interesting. Merrily and I are uh, involved in Calvary Bible Institute as well. And uh, if you haven't gotten a copy of the magazine out here, get one. The Lord is doing amazing things. But one of the places that we're building uh, a Bible college is in the Republic of Georgia. Georgia sits here. Russia is right above it. Turkey is right here and Iran is right here. Now what makes it beside that strategic location right there? is its borders are open. You don't need a visa. So whether you're from Iran or Afghanistan or Pakistan or Saudi Arabia or Great Britain or the United States, you can go to the Republic of Georgia. And so God has worked through a Russian couple that graduated with uh, Chris in Bible College way back there. And they, they went back to Russia, pastored for 30 years, 25 years back there and did a great job. They went to the Republic of Georgia. We are now united together with some Iranians. We're building a Bible college. It's almost ready to open, in which we will be able to take a hundred Iranian young people, and in one year, just like we do in Yucca Valley, uh, take them through the entire Bible to equip them to be able to go back into Iran. Is that exciting? And, and it, it's just this fabulous thing because I want to tell you, there are few places in the world where God's Spirit is being poured out on more than Iran. But the Muslims, their end time scenario is exactly like ours. Except all the roles are reversed. Their, their Mahdi that's coming is our Antichrist. Their false prophet because if you ask Muslims if they believe in Jesus, they're going to answer, yes, they do believe in Jesus. What they don't believe is that He's the Son of God. They don't believe He died on the cross. But in their end time theology, just like Revelation 13, where the false prophet comes, their Jesus comes back and tells uh, the people that were left behind and the Jews that they were all wrong and they should should join in with this in this one world religion. Then at the end, after seven years, they believe they're going to make a peace plan with the nation of Israel. It's called Ahunda. And Ahunda, they plan on breaking that. They have no intentions of keeping it in the middle of it. At that period of time, my friends, is all the way through the Bible It is described in many different ways. Three and a half years, 42 months, times, times, and a half times, 1,260 days. All refer to this, the abomination of desolation that Jesus said is spoken of by Daniel the prophet. The Jews who have since rebuilt their temple, the Antichrist sets him up to be worshipped in it. But I want you to notice as you go on in that, it says, "Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, whoever is standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains." It doesn't say those who are in Tuwilla, and it doesn't say those who are in Yucca Valley, California. All right. This is specific and as you read through it, it's all Jewish. Because it goes on. Let him who is in the housetop not come down and take anything out of the house. Let him who is in the field not go back and get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those with nursing babies in those days. Well, that's pretty easy to understand. It's just harder and slower to travel at that time. Pray that your flight might not be in the winter. Well, let me tell you. We live in Yucca Valley, California. If it looks like it's going to snow, it's a national holiday. I mean, we let school out if it looks like it's going to snow. Not that it snows, and if there's this much snow, it, nothing is open, including the roads, all right? Marilee moves from Idaho, We're, We she just there a couple weeks, and, and we get like, yay much snow. And she said, let's go to Palm Springs, and I said... Can't they're going to close the roads. (laughs) They're not going to close the roads with this much snow. They close the roads. But I want to tell you, I've been in Jerusalem when it snows. And let me tell you, it's exactly like that. Nothing happens. You know, the the streets, the sidewalks, Jerusalem is built on, on hills and mountains and slopes. Let me tell you, those stone sidewalks that people have walked on for the last thousand years, slick as snot with a little bit of snow, all right? So pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. There's only one place in the world, whether it matters whether it's the Sabbath or not, it's not Tooele, Utah, okay? It is Israel. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Now, my friends, I invite you to turn over to the Gospel of Luke with me. In Luke chapter 21, it is a corresponding scripture to Matthew chapter 24. And this is very important scripture because, again, these are the words of Jesus. He's speaking to us. But take heed to yourselves. Now, who's he talking to? Who, who would yourselves be? Verse 34. They would be the disciples, right? So this is specifically talking about Jesus' disciples. Luke 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourselves lest your hearts be weighted down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Now, I want to ask you a question. If we're talking about the rapture, anybody here want to be weighted down? On the day of the rapture. If we're talking about the rapture, is there anybody here wanting to be caught in a snare? The other important thing that we have to see in this is that Jesus is warning us because I want to tell you, the Bible prophesies a time of a great falling away. And my friends, we're living in that time now where entire Christian group after Christian group, is falling away. Where Christian musicians, leaders in the Christian world, are turning away from the truth of the Bible. And they're telling you that it doesn't matter how you live. That you can live any way you want to. You're going to be just fine. I want to ask you a question. Is that what we just read? Did Jesus say, hey, you know, I'm coming back. You want to be shacking up with somebody? It's fine. Don't worry about it. It, it, I'm coming back. You want to be drunk? It's fine. You know, I'm love. Let's have a party. I turned water into wine. It's fine. Is that what it says to you? Because I read it pretty simply. But the second part of what he says here, he says, watch. Therefore and pray. Two words that the Lord uses for His coming back over and over again. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. But listen to what He says. That you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So a very important question. If we have to go through the Great Tribulation and everything is there then why is Jesus telling us that there is a chance that we might escape all these things? Why would he tell us if, that we could escape these by how we live, by what we believe, by what we do, if it didn't matter and we were going to go through it? You see, my friends, I believe that Jesus would have said this if we're going to go through it. Okay, you're going to go through the Great Tribulation at a certain point when you see these things start to come to happen. Move to Montana, build a bunker, buy a bunch of guns and store food and hang on till Jesus comes. Right? Is there any place in the Bible that he says to do that? So instead, he says that how we live, we can be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Now from there, let's go to 1 Thessalonians. This is the scripture that most people start with. For In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord Will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, this always causes some questions because we are taught, the Word of God says this, to be absent from the body is what? Present with the Lord. So the moment I take my last breath here on earth, where am I? I'm with the Lord. But I don't have my resurrected body because that's not going to happen until we are all caught up together. The dead in Christ who are already with the Lord, they're going to be the first to receive their resurrected bodies. After that, we who are still alive. The Bible says we're going to be caught up. That's harpazo. That's, that's where we get the word, the translation of the rapture. And my friends, I don't know about your body. My body doesn't fly very well. It falls pretty good. And the older I get, the more dangerous it is to fall, all right? Because I'm not going to recover like I did when I was 30. But here's the deal. We are all going to be caught up together with the Lord in the air. And it goes on to say, We are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And again, I want you to point out, the Lord is pointing towards this to encourage us in the world that we live in, that this is what's going to happen. Now, He goes on in 5. Concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they, not us, when the world is saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes on them. And again, here's that same term as labor pains on a pregnant woman then they shall not escape. But you, brethren, there's a distinction. He's not talking about us until now. But you, brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light, sons of the day. We are not of night or darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Again, the same thing that Jesus said, watch and pray, watch and pray. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, the next portion is very important for you to understand. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Now, my friends, in Revelation, in chapter 6, when the great tribulation period starts, it is unlike any tribulation that has ever been because the wrath of the Lamb is poured out. Okay, now let me go on and finish this. He did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we should wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. And He comes back to this. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you're now doing. Now, when you go to 2 Thessalonians, and again, a period of time had passed by, and the Thessalonians thought that they had missed the rapture because of the events and the persecution that was happening in the Roman Empire against Christians at that time. And my friends, again, we're good friends with Mike McClure, Calvary Chapel, uh, San Jose. San Jose happens to be in Santa Clara County where the big tech is. And we know for a fact that big tech went to Santa San Cla- uh, Clara County and wanted to make an example out of Mike McClure in Calvary Chapel there. Their finds are over $3 million. Their fines against him personally are in the the tens of thousands of dollars more than the entire state of California against anybody else combined that's put in. So, I want to ask you a question. Is it possible that we could live in a time where the state would persecute the church, where they would throw pastors in jail, where they would seize church property. It's not unfathomable, is it? And we have to remember something. For the majority of Christians throughout the majority of times, those are the realities that they faced. So, let's go on. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, because of this persecution, they thought they had missed it. Now, brethren, concerning, there's two things here the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. That's the rapture. All right? Those events don't happen at the same time. We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as if the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. We're watching that today at an unprecedented rate, even among churches that a decade ago you would have. Claim they were evangelical churches. There is a falling away everywhere that you can see. How many churches are there that does what Pastor Chris does? Teach book by book. I believe you guys have been here seven years, right? Going Going on eight years now. And Chris has taken you through the entirety of the New Testament. You're working your way through the Old Testament. You're in the book of Daniel now. And and the reality is this. How many churches are there that are teaching the Bible? And, And again, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, when he's saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders, he said, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God's Word. If you don't teach this way, If I, as a pastor, did every Sunday and Wednesday, like what I'm doing tonight, a topical message. It's a topical message. If I did that all the time, how long would it take me to get through the entire Bible? And the answer is, it would never, ever happen. And so, the Word of God is living and powerful there is going to be a falling away, and the Bible tells us that. And I'm not going to read the rest of this because I, I want to get on uh, and cover a few more things before we close. But I do want to point out this this one thing here out of Second Thessalonians. It says in verse number 9, The coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan. Well, I, I should say this. The, the, we're not going to see the Antichrist. There is no point in us trying to figure out now who, he's, who he is. Because he's not going to be revealed till that which is restrained is taken away. And that's the Holy Spirit working through the church, which we'll see in the book of Revelation. But the coming of the lawless one is in accordance with the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive a love of the truth that they might be saved. This again goes back to the Word of God. In Hosea it says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. There are a lot of people who go to churches every Sunday that there's one item they never need to take with them, and that's their Bible. Because there may be a verse or two, but outside of that, they're not going to need a Bible. They don't know what the Word of God says. The Word of God has gotten lost in the house of the Lord. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And again, my friends, Satan is the father of lies. Here's one thing, and it's my pure speculation. But as I watch the news, I think, well, we're not that far from it. Trust me, there'll come a day where people go, there's UFOs, and we were started by another planet. And let me tell you, the world will believe it hook, line, and sinker. Now, I want to ask you a question. Can Satan manifest himself as an angel of light? So would it be any problem for Him to manifest signs, sights, and wonders? We're already told that. And so again, my friends, Jesus would ask the question, will I find faith on the earth when I return? So are you going to believe that? Or are you going to believe what the Word of God says? Which are you going to believe? That? The Word of God. Second Peter. Chapter 2, verse number 4. For God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. And He did not spare, this is important, the ancient world. But He saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood in the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ash and condemning them to destruction. Here again, both of these are given as an example to future generations. We're, we're just finished Pride Month. And there's not a store. I mean, it, it comes on your Facebook feed. You can't walk into any store. You can't buy anything Without that, and and again, we're looking at a world that is celebrating a specific sex act. I I mean, Franklin Graham wrote an article and I think it's pretty good. Well, we should have Pride of Stealing Month. You know, Pride of... You know, Pride of Adultery Month. How about that? You know, let's celebrate adultery. And again, we are living in the world that Isaiah prophesied about. That what's wrong is considered right. What's right is considered wrong. And again, does God hate people who are sinning? Does He hate them? He loves them. How much does He love them? He was willing to die for him. And every single one of us were sinners. We're saved by grace. But I want you to go on, making them an example to those who would afterwards live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed with the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Now highlight verse number 9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Is that not exactly what the Lord said when He was telling Abraham about it in the book of Genesis? Because I want to tell you, the Lord does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a principle. Now we get to the book of Revelation. So, I'm sure a little bit of you were a little bit nervous when you read the highlights of tonight. I'm going from Genesis to Revelation. You're going, I think we better bring our sleeping bag. I've heard Gerald before. This could take all night long. Well, good news, we're in the book of Revelation, so we're almost done. Revelation, there is a key to unlock the book of Revelation. Revelation, chapter 1, verse number 19. Chris has taught it to you, right? Write the things that you have seen. Revelation 1. The things which are, which is? Revelation 2 and 3. And the things will take place after these things. 4 through 22. Four through 22. So, then we get to the seven letters to seven churches. Alright? Each with a message to all churches of all ages, but yet specific messages to specific churches. But there is one thing that hit me the last time I taught Revelation, and that's this. To Him who overcomes. To Him who overcomes. Do you realize it is repeated seven times by Jesus? Every letter of every church is given the same message to Him who overcomes. So I want to ask you a question. Does that mean for us as a church we better take heed to the message that Jesus gives that we're going to need to overcome. You know, for years, because I've taught through the Bible now four complete times in, in, in my ministry. And for years, I would stand before the church and say, there might come a time where by preaching, I could be arrested. It's... It's happening now already in Canada. That, and I said 20 years ago, when hate crime laws were being passed, I said, you mark my word, there's only one group of people these laws are aimed at silencing and that's Christians. For speaking the truth. Even though we speak the truth in love, they want to arrest us for speaking the truth. and And so... As I was doing that through the whole COVID thing, you know, and sharing with our church and every once in a while, there's your camera right there, I'd look into the camera and I'd say, Governor Newsom, if you want to come and arrest me, you come and arrest me. But we are not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some and even more so as we see the day approaching. And and so we we stood firm through all of that. But I want to tell you, it's a reality that can happen. And so we need to be the Christians who are going to overcome. Now, I want to just look at Revelation chapter 3, because this is who we want to be, the Philadelphia church. What's Philadelphia mean? Brotherly love. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia, these things says he who is holy, he is true. He who has the keys of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. So do you see the three things there of the church of Philadelphia? Mission-minded. Mission-minded. Not denying His Word. Not denying His name. And then it goes, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept My command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. What possibly could that mean? My my friends, the hour of trial of what he's talking about is the tribulation. This church that is mission-minded. And again, if we as a church were going to have to go through the great tribulation, he would have given us instructions on how to do that. He would have told us the place that we could go and hide. But he doesn't do that. In fact, he says, as you see the day approaching, here's what I want you to do I want you to reach the whole world for Jesus. I want you not to be afraid. I want you not to just hole up and take care of myself and my family. I want you to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. I want you to stand and boldly proclaim the whole counsel of God's word, regardless of the cost. I don't want you to deny my name. And here's my promise. I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial, which will come upon the whole world. And to this church, he goes on to say, to him who overcomes. Now there's one more church. Because this is the popular church. These are the biggest churches that there are in the country. And it says this, And to the angel of the church of Laodicea, which means lukewarm, These things, says the Amen and the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of creations of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That's, that's pretty violent, isn't it? The Lord says, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vomit you out of my mouth. And here's their self-evidence their self-inspection of themselves. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do, do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. And that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come up, come in to him and dine with him and him with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my, on my throne. And as I also overcame and sat down with my father and sat on his throne, up to now in the book of Revelation, the church, the church, the church, the church, the church, the church, the church. Revelation chapter four, in verse number one, a phrase that is only used three times in the Bible. Metatoda. It is used in the key in Revelation chapter one nineteen. And then it is reused the second and third time in Revelation chapter 4. After these things. And what happens? John is raptured up into heaven. We see the rapture of John. He now has a heavenly perspective in Revelation 4 and 5. Revelation chapter 6 begins the great tribulation period that is unlike any tribulation period there's been, because the Lord Himself said, if these days were not shortened, no flesh would survive. Do we have tribulation today? Of course we have tribulation. The Lord says through much tribulation. Could we face Even greater days of persecution in this country as a Christian? Absolutely. The Word of the Lord is to overcome. And my friends, there is going to come that day where we are caught up together with the Lord in the air. There will be one final seven year time period that the Lord calls... The time of Jacob's troubles. And again, what is the Lord doing through the great tribulation? For years, again, as I studied through it, I didn't realize it until maybe the second or third time. Do you realize that the great tribulation is to give many people saved as well? The Lord shakes the whole world. And you know what phrase you find in the book of Revelation over and over again? And yet they did not repent. And yet they did not repent. Lydia and her older brother Israel were raised in the same house. Now, Lydia, if she got in trouble, yeah, did you hear that? She said very rarely did she get in trouble. She, she's always been nearly perfect. So, poor Chris. Anyway, imagine in the days when Chris had to work for me too. Married to my princess and worked. But here's the deal. Lydia would get in trouble. And I'd go to talk to Lydia and she'd go, Daddy, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. But you can't spank that. And the reality is there's no need to spank that. there? Is there? Now, her brother Israel would die before he'd say sorry. I mean, it literally, it didn't matter what you did to him, he was not going to say he's sorry. And again, that's the world out there. The, the world, and yet they did not repent. And yet they did not repent. And yet they did not repent. So what did Jesus tell us to do? In the face of the world that we are living in. Because we are closer than we've ever been, ever in history. These are exciting times. Jesus said two things. What are the two words? Watch and pray. Now my friends, I want to caution you. Because it's very easy to get caught up in news. A very easy to fill your days with talk radio and all of this stuff. Alright? And I, I want to tell you, if you're spending more time doing that than you are in the Word of God, you are going to be very bummed out and depressed. And the other thing that's going to happen, you're going to stop reaching out. Because you're going to be so totally consumed with all of this and your every bit of your being is to save yourself. I'm 66 years old now. And honestly, the Lord is opening up doors all over the world. Marilee and I are going to Peru next month. We're building a Bible college in Uganda. We have the work in... Uh, Malawi. We're building the Bible College in our Iran. I've got people in India that want me to come and build a Bible College over there. And I've realized something. You know what? I'm going to go until I can't go anymore. Then that may not be too long. But for right now, I'm going. And and we're going to keep the home fires burning bright here vacation Bible school, youth groups for the kids, reaching out in the community. But my friends, we're also going to be preaching the Word of God and believing every single word of it from Genesis to Revelation. Amen? And we are not going to deny His name. We're going to stand together. So God bless you, and thank you, Chris, for allowing me to come.
1: Don't go. oh, that's loud. Don't go anywhere just yet.
0: Um, so yeah, there
1: he yo, is. hey. Um, we got a question for you. You guys have a question. We'll take one question, um, but I, I'm going to start with one. I, I get this a couple times, but um, one of the views, the rapture views, that's or it's not even a rapture view. It's more of an eschatology view that's gaining a little bit of traction right now is a preterist view. Can you guys hear me? Sorry. The preterist view. And so the verse they use is that all these things have been fulfilled out of verse Matthew
0: 24-34. Well, we know they haven't been fulfilled because the abomination of desolation was not fulfilled. Here's the deal. And actually, when I was a brand new Christian, I kind of, you know, I didn't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Yeah, unfortunately, I preached Revelation back then, long ago, enough ago, that I'm sure every cassette tape has been destroyed, or at least rotted by now, because nothing made any sense. When you study Revelation with the key that Chris has taught you, it makes perfect sense. When we see what's happening, let me ask you a question. Is the world turning against Israel? Are we making that up or is the world turning against Israel? Does the Bible prophesy that the Israel, the world's going to turn against Israel?
1: And is there an Israel to turn against?
0: Exactly.
1: There wasn't a hundred years ago.
0: And, and here's the thing. There were those that taught that Israel was destroyed and that the church became Israel. That's where a lot of these mixed up views came came from. Because the Bible does the Bible refer there there's three classes of people in the book of Revelation that the Lord refers to as saints Israel, the the pre tribulation saints that got raptured. But there are there going to be people that get saved during the Great Tribulation. There are going to be those that were left behind. They get saved during the Great Tribulation. It's going to cost them their lives. But they are going to get saved. Those are saints as well. So part of these mistakes come in by taking verses and applying different groups to them than what the Scripture in context does. And hopefully what I've done, to you to, I've done with you tonight is show you this isn't a late idea. There are those who say the, the rapture theory and all of that just came uh, in the seventeen eighteen hundreds, Which is not the case. It came with Enoch. Alright? Right? It came with Abraham talking to the Lord. It came from the very lips of Jesus himself, who again said... Pray that you may be counted worthy to escape from these. And when he wrote the church at Philadelphia, I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial which will come upon the whole world. And there are those who say, well, your pre-tribulation is just a pie in the sky. No, it isn't. It is the hope that we have that we are going to take the gospel and continue to shoot forward. I'm not afraid. I'm not terrified. The Lord, my, my life is in the Lord's hand. Whatever happens is going to happen. But I am going to be faithful. I'm going to do what His Word says. Whatever I have to face in my life, I'm going to overcome it.
1: Anybody? I know we're running out of time, but we'll give you... Anybody? Bold and brave. Something came up tonight that just you wouldn't want to ask. It's easier. Yeah, okay.
0: And again, I've actually talked through Revelation the first time like that. Makes no sense whatsoever. Actually, it does go through because Revelation 13 is the middle of the Great Tribulation. It is the 42 months, 1,260 days, times, times, and a half times, uh, three and a half years. It, It is there and exactly what Jesus says as the abomination of desolation takes place in that chapter. And that's where no one can buy or sell, say that they have the mark. And again, are we moving towards a world that's going to have a one world currency? I don't know about you, but I don't even understand Bitcoin. You know, I've read about it, and I, I'll read it, and I still don't understand it. But I do know this that. There is a move, and I believe the whole COVID thing that we just went through was a test run to see how far they could push people and how many people would just fall in line like sheep. And we saw there was a whole bunch of people, and they have found a way that they can seize control. The New York governor today is using this whole thing... To be able to go after guns, and so you know, because all the laws get thrown out of the of the window, and it's not just our country. You've uh, gone to lockdown again. You look at what happens in Great Britain, and France, and and Australia, and Canada, and again, uh, very very few people now control all the money. This is another thing that happens. It's like this whole transgender thing. Where did that come from? And how did that come upon us so fast? But you see, my friends, we don't have a whole bunch of mom and pops running stores anymore. We got Walgreens. And we got Home Depot. And we got Walmart. And we got Target. And we got Amazon. Who are controlled by this many people. And they have all the money to do whatever they want to do. And again, Satan, did he tell Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world? So let me tell you something. People will sell their soul.
1: So Revelation 6-19, through it covers a seven year period of human history. Yes. We know that. So if there's chronological bounces or differences, it is chronological. Chapter 1, the things that were. Chapters 2 and 3, the things that are. Chapters 6 or 4 through 22 are future. But 6 through 19 deal deal with the seven years.
0: And, so, the, and before that deals with the first half of the tribulation, Revelation the Tribulation, 13. the great
1: tribulation. We talked about that, right, that there's two distinctions between the name. So if there's any kind of bouncing around that actually takes place in Revelation where something is not. Literally chronological as we go through six through nineteen, it is only a seven-year window that it can, you know. And of course, the book of the 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 book of Revelation quotes the Old Testament than any other book in the Bible. There's 300 references to the Old Testament. So yeah, we're we're constantly referencing other places in 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 history and time. But the six the seven years in six through nineteen, um, it, it, it 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 all happens within a seven-year period. So even if it doesn't yeah. happen. And you know, even if it doesn't happen day by day by day, and then you get to 13, 11, there's a couple of things where it does some kind of weird things. It's still dealing with that seven-year period of human history.
0: And there's still the middle of it, and from thirteen on is the last half. Yeah, and
1: we'll get to it as as we study. I, I, I like
0: yeah. Well, he, here's the deal. And let and me, and let they, me just clear this up. I knew we got to go They say but. it's all an analogy. It's pictures that. As Chris said, it's already all happened, and again, we're watching the world. Jesus said, "The greatest sign that we're going to have is is when the fig tree blossoms." That that nation of Israel is born uh, in May of 1948.
1: Okay, that's that's the context that. So it says, "Let me let me read to you real quick." It says, "Now learn a parable from the fig tree." When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things take place. Now, the Preterists take verse 34 and they apply it to the entire Bible of prophecy that that generation that Jesus was speaking to at that moment had to then have seen all these things in prophecy. So all prophecy is past. But, but that's, that's completely out of context. It has, you know, the 2020 rule: 20 before, 20 after. It's, there's no context to it. And, and if you really just bring it to its immediate, what Jesus is talking about, the context of that was the, the generation that sees the fig tree rebud, not the generation that sees everything in its totality that's happening in chapter 24. So the generation that sees the fig tree rebud, well, that wasn't the generation that he was talking to. That's a future generation. So again, the preterist kind of. The whole premise of of preterism is you have to do so much like, what do they call that? Where you have to dance and jiggle and to make things work. There's a, a whatever it's called, you know, in order to make those things fit the Bible, you have to do juggling.
0: Well, and I remember, too, believing that, well, the church had to go through the Great Tribulation in order to be purified to be the bride of Christ. Well, that would have been like me asking Marilee to marry me and saying, but I'm going to beat you up for seven years before you. (laughs) we got to go. We'll stick
1: around and answer questions as long as you guys want.
0: Let's pray. uh, Lord, I thank you for Tooele Springs, for this lighthouse in this community. I thank you for the miracles that have taken place in this church. And, Lord, I am so blessed every single time I come. To see the advancement, what You've done. Lord, this building that sets here on Main Street in Tooele. And Lord, the miracles, the lives that have been set free. And Lord, we're not going to stop going forth. So I thank You for Tooele Springs. The Philadelphian church in this area. Proclaiming the Word of God. Not denying His name. And involved in worldwide missions. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.